Good morning, it is wonderful to be here with you today. It's a uh, special surprise. I didn't plan on being here, but uh, great to be with you and see everyone. I've known a lot of you for a long time and and uh, your families, and but it's unusual uh, to just show up in a place, I guess, and because uh, as of a day or two ago, I didn't plan on being here at all. I didn't know when I would have been here, but anyway, uh, I want to talk about sacrifice for a little while, and we're going to read some scripture from the old book, and if you want to turn there and read, that'll be wonderful. Uh, the idea of sacrifice is hard, I think, for us to really put in our mind. And I want to ask you to get in your mind like you were a person from Israel. I want you to think about that, the process, and what it took to be a person who sacrificed to God. And we're going to begin in uh, Exodus chapter 20. And read a few verses uh, about this process and what they had to do in order to sacrifice. The Lord said to Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt build not build it of hewn stone, for if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Think about this nation of people, this family of Israel. And they journey and they travel. They're not in the promised land. They don't have a home. They journey together. And they serve God. And as they journey, everywhere they go, when they stop and they camp, they build an altar. That's the first thing they do, either out of earth or stone. But God is holy, and God will be hallowed. And so if they build that altar, it cannot be from hewn stone. Perhaps something like this. I don't know how close this would be. But I can imagine as they stop there, the old men would get together and they begin this process. They pick a location and some of the older men probably say to the kids, go gather stones. Bring me some stones. And they start to fit these stones together. And it's not something you do just like that. It takes a while. It takes the location. It takes some intelligence to build this altar so that they can sacrifice to God. And this stone won't work. It's been broken. We could maybe chip a little bit off the corner here and make it fit. But that won't do because I'm not holy. I'm not holy. I've got to make a sacrifice to a God that is holy. And every time we get up and move, when we stop, we build an altar. And they did it 40 years in a wilderness. They moved, they camped, they built an altar, they sacrificed. This was the process. They did it over and over and over. And it would have become very common to those people. Leviticus chapter 1, we'll get in verse 1. The Lord called to Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle, 
of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into his pieces. And the sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in order upon the fire. And the priest Aaron's sons shall lay the parts, the head and the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire which is on the altar, but his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice and offer made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. This process is pretty involved, isn't it? It's pretty detailed. You have to take a male without blemish, the best that you have, and that's what you're going to offer. And this process has all these details and rules and regulations. Things have to be put in order. And the priests have to do their part and sprinkle the blood. You've got to do your part here, you see. And the inwards and fat and those things that must be washed. And all these things were going to burn. And that's the idea of sacrifice. Something that is very valuable to you must be burnt. Not used. We're not going to eat it. We're not going to eat the flesh and enjoy that. We're not going to use the hide or skin for the purpose. We can't even make glue from the hooves. This animal must be sacrificed, burnt. Burnt. I raised cattle, have for years, grew up on a ranch out in the panhandle. My father called me today. I'm driving down here. He said, number 20's calf died. That's my number cow number 20. She had had a calf last week. The calf's died. You know what that means to me? Eight hundred or a thousand dollars is what that means to me. That's the value of that calf when it when it would have been sold. It's gone. You understand the idea of sacrifice now. You don't get the eight hundred dollars. You don't get the thousand dollars. You don't get to keep that. It's sacrifice. That's burn up a sweet savor to God. We obviously get something very important from that, and that's good. Notice Leviticus twenty-two, beginning of verse nineteen. You shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of the beeves, of the sheep, or of the goats. But whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall ye not. Offer, for it shall not be accepted of you. And whatsoever, whosoever authoreth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow, or a free will offering in beeves or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein, blind or broken, or maimed, or having a wind, or scurvy, or scabbed. Ye shall not offer these unto the Lord, or make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the Lord, either a bullock or a lamb that hath anything superfluous or lacking in his parts, that mayest thou offer for a freewill offering, but for a vow it shall not be 
accepted. Ye shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut. Neither shall ye make any offering thereof in your land. Neither from a stranger's hand shall ye offer the bread of your God of any of these. Because their corruption is in them and blemishes be in them. They shall not be accepted for you. And I want you to think about in Israel how you go out there with your family because their entire economy was based on herds and flocks. There was no car dealers. There's no computers, Dusty. None of that. Sorry. Everybody made a living from herds and flocks. And you go out to your herd, you go out to your flock, and you start to look them over and you say, which is the best? The most valuable. That which is no blemish at all. And that's what I'm looking for. The most valuable calf I can raise. That's what I must offer. That's a sacrifice. It has value. A couple of years ago, I raised a beautiful red heifer. The best one I raised all year. Her ears got froze off. She looked like a little red Shrek, you know, with, with no ears. But she was built good, but now she's lacking something in her parts, and I can't use her. And so maybe it is I've got to go trade one or two or three to someone who has one that has no blemish. That's value. God demands something perfect and something pure, not something from a stranger whose sin and blemish is in it. The best. That's what He demands. This is what He wants. I wish these were mine. <laughs> these are not mine. These are not mine. And so you go out there and you survey those animals and which one is the best and we're going to take this animal and we're going to kill it. I don't know if you've ever done that. I've done that. These animals, if you herd them and you're there with them, you get to know them. I'll tell you, 20, number 20 is a sweet cow. 59, not so much. She has got a bad attitude. She likes the feed I bring her, but she also would like to stomp you. And I suppose here in a few weeks, she'd probably go to town. I got a cow that just eat out of my hand. I call her baby. She's a sweetheart. You get to know them. You get to love them. You know their personality. You know how they are. This is the process. And you're going to take this animal, and you're going to kill this animal. You're not going to use it. You're not going to profit. That's sacrifice. It has value, and we burn it, and we offer that to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, let's run down the road of time. We've gone from Exodus, Leviticus. Let's jump all the way to Malachi chapter 1. We'll begin in verse 7, and this is what he says. You offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. I want you to read that again with me. I want this to soak in. You offer polluted bread on my altar, and you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. 
This hath been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts. It, everything changed. In time, through length of years and through many hours of service, through sacrifice after sacrifice, they got to where they didn't care. When I was a young man, I worked for my uncle's ranch a lot. He raised a calf that got fescue poisoning. Is there anybody here that ever saw a calf with fescue poisoning? I'm the only lucky one. His hind leg just rotted off. It started at the hoof, and it just rotted. And he stunk. He hobbled around on three legs. We named him Tripod. And in time, he only had a little stump right at his hip. His leg rotted completely off. And I'm going to tell you, he was a nasty creature. A neighbor bought that calf and killed it and ate it. Now, I wouldn't have eat that thing. I wouldn't have touched it with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't have wanted anything to do with it. And this is what's happened in Israel. They began to offer that which was polluted. They got to a point they did not care. But I want you to notice, they made a statement. Have I got a pointer? No, I don't. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay. They made a statement. The table of the Lord is contemptible. By their actions, by bringing this broken calf, by bringing this blind or lame calf, they made a statement to God. They said, we hold you in contempt. We don't care what you think. And we don't care what you want. Take this. And so this is what they offered. You got your cow covered in warts. And you got your three-legged cow. And one of these looks similar to some I raise. Uh, kind of bony and kind of scrawny. That's what they begin to offer. What, what did they say? They didn't say anything. But in their heart, they said to God, we don't care what you want. Take it. Here's your sacrifice. This is what he asked for. I don't know how well you can see it. This kind of looks like Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner at my house. Wonderful meal prepared with love and care. And then at some point, this is what they offered. Rotten, polluted. It makes a statement, a very profound statement to God. <clears throat> now, I want to change our focus just a little bit to Genesis chapter 2. Abram and God, and God says, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of the which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Did God have a right to ask it? Sacrifice your son. My only son. You bet he had to write. He's the creator. He's created you and he's given you life and he gave Abraham life and he gave Abraham a son when Abraham would have had no son. He gave it to him. Is it God's right to ask something valuable? Sure. 
Absolutely his right. He asked and Abraham went. I don't know how well you can read that. I, I can't, so I've got it on my phone. But It says Executive Mansion, Washington, November 21st, 1864. Dear Madam, I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement of the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any word of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the republic they died to save. And pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very sincerely, respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. Sacrifice must hurt. If it doesn't hurt, it's not a sacrifice. You know, in World War II, there were four Sullivan, no, there were five Sullivan brothers all went down on one ship. Our Navy changed its policy, and they wouldn't let brothers serve together on the same ship. It's a pretty big sacrifice, wasn't it? But what does God have a right to ask? He says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You probably know it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God asked not for a good calf, a perfect calf. He asked for you to sacrifice your life, to be a living sacrifice, a walking sacrifice, a talking sacrifice a sacrifice of action. That's what he asked for us to do. So I ask you this question. What did you bring to the altar last week? Because I want you to know something. You make a statement to God by what you sacrifice. You say, I love you, and you are my God and my king. Or you look at him and say, I hold you in contempt. The book of Mark chapter 8. The Bible says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. You know, <clears throat> when I was young, this was hard for me. Because I thought, well, if you, if you lose and you can't win, and as a very young person, I thought, this is crazy. It doesn't make sense. If you win, you win. You can't lose and win. But now I understand it's, it's a spiritual thing. If we are willing to sacrifice our time, our life, if we're willing to deny ourselves 
and take up his cross and follow, we're going to lose some things. We're going to lose time we could do things that are okay to do. We're going to give up money. We're going to give up maybe fame and fortune. All those things we're going to lay at the altar. Do you really think lose your life means sacrifice only superficial things? Well, there is no superficial in sacrifice. Those two, they don't go together. They can't. I hear people saying things like, boy, I really bore my cross today. Like, what would you do? I put up with my boss for five hours. Thank God he had a training and left. That's not, that's not sacrifice. That's not. Somebody says, I really bore my cross this weekend. I didn't go out and party and get drunk. I, that's not sacrifice. That's doing what's right. <clears throat> He said it this way in Matthew 10, verse 38. He that taketh not in crosses his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And he that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Did anybody here ever know Chester McCrane? Brother Chester? Went to see Chester. He was an old, old man. We were sitting in there in his house. And uh, I said, Chester, what have you been doing? He, he said, I've been reading. I said, what have you been reading there? He said, New Testament. I said, good, what part? He said, oh, I read the whole thing. I said, well, what part did you read? He said, I read it every week. I said, beg pardon? He said, I read it every week. I said, you read the New Testament through every week. He said, yeah. I said, I'm a worm. I mean... I, and my brain immediately starts making excuses. Well, you're old and you're retired. And if that's your parade, you know, I'm busy. I'm, I'm you know, but our, our, we're making a statement. We really are. We make a statement about that. If we're going to follow him, then let's follow him. Let's deny ourselves. And it's hard to do. Put down the TV. Turn off the TV and put down the remote. And let's read God's word. Is it wrong to watch TV? No, I'm not saying that's wrong. But I'm saying we make a statement by what we sacrifice to God. It's not wrong to go to a ball game. It's not wrong to do all kinds of things that we enjoy doing. But there's times we've got to deny ourselves and take up that cross. To deny means I will not do what I want. I will do what Jesus wants. I will do what's important. And so what precious thing have you laid down at God's altar? What thing have you denied yourself? Because there's something more important to do. There's some folks that are sick in our congregation and they need visited. So I'm not going to do this thing I really want to do and would enjoy doing. I'm going to go visit these people. I got a neighbor I've been trying to get to come to church. And so instead of doing something I would enjoy, maybe just sitting down and being comfortable, I'm going to go mow their yard. I'm going to do that. I'm going to deny myself. That's the idea. Take up the cross. I will take up every burden of Christianity, whatever it may be. Do you do that? If it causes me shame, I'll take it. If it causes me pain, I'll take it. If it causes me financial loss, I will take it. If it causes me hardship of any kind, I will take it. I'll leave out the names to protect the innocent. Family came to me, I was 
selling some of the church directories. And this lady says, we really appreciate the directory. It really helps us. And I said, well, I'm glad you like it. They said, we need a new one. I said, well, here you go. They said, we was on vacation, and we couldn't find a church, and we used your directory. I said, that's good. They said, the closest church was nine hours one way. They said, we had to leave on Saturday. <laughs> I said, you, you left on Saturday to go to church? Yeah, we drove nine hours to Wyoming so we could go to church and meet with our brethren. She said they were great people and we had a really good time. And so we drove back. The next day we drove nine hours home. Well, back to vacation. That's what they did. That's what I'm talking about. It wasn't a burden. It was a joy. It wasn't a, well, we just can't do that at all. We just won't have church. It was no problem. We'll just drive nine hours. It's no problem. And we'll worship God. Well, that's a sacrifice. That's impressive. That means something, at least to me. I'll take whatever pain it causes me. I'll take whatever hardship. Years ago, as a young man, I held a meeting in uh, Durant, Oklahoma. And uh, it was in the summer, and it's kind of hot, and the front door was open, and a car pulled up right at the steps. And I thought, man, some crazy redneck has gone crazy and drove right in the yard. And a fella gets out, and then he opens the door, and he starts to help a little old lady. And I watched her there. It took her 15 minutes to get from the steps to the back pew. And she was exhausted. And she was hurting. And I'll tell you, she really wanted to be there. She laid something down on the altar. The pain it took to be there. She took it. She gladly took it. She didn't complain. She just did that. And thirdly, it says, just follow Jesus. I will walk the walk of Christ. I'll go where he wants me to go and not where I want to go. I'll do what he asked me to do. If it cost me, it just cost me. If I lose a job, then I lose a job. If I lose a promotion, I lose a promotion. If I lose whatever, friends, I lose them. A sacrifice got to hurt. <coughs> The apostle said it this way, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we have Christ in our heart and we truly love the Lord, the sacrifice is not a problem. We'll lay whatever down we need to lay down. Whatever it costs, we'll do and we'll do it with joy. What have you offered to the Lord? I'm going to ask you to get your songbooks out. <clears throat> I don't know what may be going on in your life. You may have hardships. You may have difficulties. I guess we all do in some way. You may be highly successful and everything going great. I pray it is. I'll tell you one thing. None of it's going to matter when we meet the Lord in the end. How successful or how much money or how popular or any of those things won't matter. There's one thing that will matter. And that is if we've loved the Lord and we've served the Lord to the best of our ability.
the thing you have to remember is you're making a statement today to him. And what is that statement? Is it that beautiful calf? Is that the statement you made? Or is it this bag of bones? You made that statement. That's from your choices. That's from your decisions. And I'm going to tell you, people here may not see it. I don't see it. I'm not here to know. But I'll tell you, the Lord knows. And if we love the Lord, we'll lay down. We'll lay it all down. And if we do that, we'll win. We'll have a home in heaven. And that's, we want to help you with that. I don't know what your need is. I'm not standing here because I'm perfect. But we'll work together. We'll go to God. If you need to make a change, if there's something that's a problem, if we can help in any way, we're going to have the song of invitation. We don't do that to embarrass you. We want to help as we stand and sing.